We're starting a series this morning on a journey into kingdom living, and we have um, workbooks. They're on the front pew. I think, I have to check with Pastor, I think they're seven bucks a piece. So if anybody's interested in getting the book, we do have copies there. If not, then you just follow along. Do what again? The, the books are there. The books, what's that? You can, yes. Yes, you can. So, um, so the, what the journey into kingdom living is, it's a series of parables. It's a look at the different parables. And we're going to start, the first one is, lesson one is, what kind of heart do you have? So I think that's, it's interesting after Brother Sousa's message, you know, our hearts, when, when the Bible talks about the heart, of course, largely, most of the time, it's not talking about the organ in our body that pumps blood, right? It's talking about like our heart is like, it's our inner being, the center of ourselves, the center of our spirituality and the essence of who we are. And so um, Brother Susan mentioned, you know, when you, the input, the, you speak out of the, what comes into your heart. So it's important to, to know, like to notice that, you know, it's like everything. It's like what you feed yourself is what you become. And that's the same physically and it's the same spiritually as well. And so if you put the word of God into your heart, then that's what's going to be in your heart. That's what's going to come out of your heart. That's what, that's what your essence is going to be. And, it, and it's important, important to focus on that. So I'm going to kind of just, hopefully it's not going to be too dry. I'm going to kind of just go through the, uh, go through the workbook because it's structured that way. So, um, you know, the Bible mentions the word heart 765 times. And so it says a lot of things about the heart. It's, you know, in Genesis and going right through the Bible, it tells us the heart is evil, right? It's, it's wicked. It, the heart of man is wicked above all else, right? So it's like exceedingly wicked, I think is the, the word they use. But, but in Psalms, it says quite a few times, man speaketh with his heart. So... That kind of like struck me because if, if our hearts are evil, but yet we speak with our heart, but we don't speak evil. But so that's, again, you know, the input. It's what you, it's what you turn it into and what you make it. And so naturally, in our natural state, the fallen state of man, our hearts are evil. They are wicked, but, but we don't project that out of ourselves. We, when we speak it out of our heart, we could project that, but ideally we want to project love. We want to project brotherhood. We want to project the word of God. I mean, what's better to project than that? But how are we going to speak the word of God out of our heart if we don't first take it in? If we don't read and we don't study and you know, pastor encourages us every year to read through the Word of God in a year. And it's, for me, it hasn't always been that easy, you know, to do. If I'm honest, I like to say, oh, yeah, I do that every year. And I try, but um, 
I struggle with it. I struggle with the, you know, the, the commitment. Um, I can make the, the, you know, make the commitment in my head to do it, but if I don't make the commitment in my heart to do it, I'm not going to do it every day. And so, so it's, it's an action. It's a, the, that commitment is an action. It's something that we need to wake up every day and decide, I'm going to continue I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to, and, and you know, what I find for myself is if we falter, if we have a day where we don't do it, that just almost makes it easier the next day not to do it. Because then we say, oh, well, I'm already behind a couple chapters. I mean, well, you know, okay, I skipped today. What's the big deal? I'll make up, I'll make up for it. Well, okay, today, same thing, right? So that has to be a decision every day that we make. And so, I, and I think that's important. It's, so the heart is the center of man. The heart is what we are, who we are, and our hearts are in Christ. We're, we're born again. We're born again believers. So we have that connection and we should show that to each other. And so that's important. So the parables, so they're gonna start out, the lesson one is what kind of heart do you have? So it's Matthew 13, three, to, three through 23. So I'm just going to, I'm going to read that. I should have had it pre-chosen here. Okay, Matthew 13, 3 through 23. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no depthness of earth, no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered, Jesus answered, and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they, seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and ye shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, 
and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have designed to have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth, catcheth away that which was sown in his ear. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed unto stony places, and the same, same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receive it. Yet hath he not in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended." He, sh he also that receiveth seed among the thorns is that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he become unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed unto the good ground is he that heareth the word and understand it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, God. Lord, I thank you for the freedom that we have to openly read and to study and to talk about your word with others. Lord, and that we, we not, need not be ashamed of the gospel and that we can share it freely. I thank you for that freedom that we still enjoy today. Lord, I thank you for these people who came here this morning to look with me at your word and try to understand that we may grow closer to you, that we may honor and glorify you and praise you in it. And thank you, Lord, for the services this morning. I pray that you'd be with Brother Sousa again as he preaches going forward. Brother Neil, tonight, I thank you for all that you do in the house of God today, Lord, and in our hearts. Speak to our hearts. Lord, our hearts are the center of our beings. Lord, I pray that they be open, that you would open them and that your word would nourish them and would teach us and grow us in you. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the parables of Jesus have been called the greatest stories ever told. Seated in a boat anchored a short distance from shore on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus tells us his first recorded parallel parable. Sorry, these glasses. to a large crowd. Is it about a man sowing seed? After telling the story, Jesus' disciples asked, why is he speaking to them in parables? Matthew 13, 1 through 10. How does Jesus answer them? So Jesus says, because the disciples were to have the mysteries made known, the others were not. It made the things of God easier for the ignorant people to understand. So in those days... People were largely uneducated. And so Jesus found a way by using these parables. The disciples were with him. They were instructed. They knew the meanings of most of these things. 
the average person didn't have a, an, a formal education. And so by putting things in parallel, in, in, I'm sorry, parables, he was able to parallel the meanings of what he was trying to teach, and it made it easier for them to understand. And so that's, that's largely what he's saying there is, this is that's why he was using the parables. And so the parables teach us about kingdom living. Because of opposition from Jewish, Jewish leaders, Jesus is forced to teach about the kingdom in heaven in parables. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So this is the parable of the sower. It's really about four kinds of soils. Therefore, it should be called the parable of the soils. In verse 18 through 23, Jesus explains the sower represents God. The seed is his word, and the soils are the four different kinds of hearts, one, which, one of which represents yours and mine. What, car, what kind of heart do you have? Right? There are only four possibilities. So, when God sows seeds in men's heart through his word, we know that a variety of things can happen. And so that's what we're looking at. And it comes back to the heart. Again, not the organ that pumps blood, but the center of our being, our hearts. We, we want to be changed. We want God to change us with his word. We want to grow closer to him. We, our heart has to be open. It has to be receiving and and i think so the first the first one we're looking at is a hard heart and that and that's found in 13 it's verse 3 and 4 and verse 19 right um, behold the sower went forth to sow in jesus's day a sower would walk through his field with a sack of seed under one arm he would take a handful of seed and fling it as he walks jesus continues when he sowed some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. Jesus explains the seed sown on the path represents one who hears God's word but doesn't understand it. So what happens to this kind of hearer? He doesn't, he, he doesn't hear it or learn to apply it. So he hears in his ears, and, and that can be true for us. That certainly is, has been true for me in, the, in you know, the course of time that I've been coming to church and trying to study and trying to learn God, learn about God and learn God's word. That's absolutely been true for me. I've heard things that I heard them and I understand the words, but it didn't get into my heart. And why is that? Because my heart was hard to a certain degree or that's on me, really, because I'm, I have that attitude that I'm not ready to receive it. And so when the preacher this morning, when Brother Souza preached the message, that message was good. Hearts could be open to hear that. And if we have 20 people, maybe 10 of them received it and maybe 10 of them didn't. I, you know, just a random number. It could be one in 19. It doesn't, but why is that difference? The words are the same. The words that he speaks, everybody seated there hears it the same way in their ears. But why do some 
receive it into their heart and some don't. It's about where we're at and if we're ready to hear it, if we have the ability to hear it. And largely, things that happened in our lives and previously shape our attitudes and can harden our hearts. And that's, it's sad when you think about it because that message of salvation is freedom for everybody. But why do some hear it and some don't? And that's, it's important to look at that, but I think the answer is only God knows. Only God knows, right? And, and again, we all have the ability to hear with our ears, but we don't always hear with our heart. And really, none of us have the ability to hear those words with our heart. That ability comes from God. He's the one that determines if you're going to be able to hear it in your heart. And, and we can fight that. We can repel against it. I know I spent a lot of years doing that. And so that's on us. We have a we have responsibility to be attentive, to listen, to not, you know, be on our phones or not be talking to somebody next to us when we're listening to the word of God being preached. I mean, we can do things externally that can squelch the Holy Spirit trying to put that into our heart. But then sometimes we listen in our time and we still don't hear it and that's that's because that's just the way it works sometimes, but that's a hard heart. So this those seed that fell on the wayside was wasted, really. And that's the way with God's word sometimes. It's not wasted. God's word never returns void. And if 19 people hear it and one person doesn't, it certainly wasn't wasted. And what is wasted in that one person is because they were not, ready to receive it. So that, that responsibility is largely on them also, can also be on them as well. The soil represents a hard heart. This is a person who repeatedly tunes out God. Such a person can sit through hundreds of great sermons and remain unmoved. What does Hebrews 4, 7 say to such a person? So it tells us to seize the opportunity to hear when it presents itself. Today, you may not receive, right? So I'm going to take a look at that. Hebrew, so Hebrews, you know, you could turn there or you don't have to, but I'm just going to, I'm going to read it. Hebrews 4, 7, C and D. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So, like it said, like we just talked about, you could hear over and over and over again and not receive the word. That's because of a hard heart. So that's the first, the first kind of heart is a hard heart. And I think we can do a lot within, with God's help to not have a hard heart. We have a large responsibility there. Again, we can work to soften our hearts. We can pray to the Holy Spirit to work in us to soften our hearts. 
we could ask God for strength and for help and reasoning to understand. And so we can overcome that hard heart to some degree ourselves. The second one is a superficial heart. So the second kind of heart, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth and when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. If some, when we learn and when we study the word of God, we're not to compare ourselves and our growth to others. We are to compare it to a standard God sets. It says in the Bible, rightly divide the word of God. God wants us to understand his word. But why can some people go further than others? That's what they're talking about here, the stony ground, right? Because that word speaks to people differently. And, you know, sometimes trials come, right? Here, like, we can hear the word, and we can actually receive it in our heart because now our hearts aren't hard like we talked about in the beginning. We can hear the word, we can receive it in our heart, but yet when we leave and we go out into the world, we go home, we go to work, we go to Walmart, we do whatever we do, something can happen, a trial. And trials can be tiny little things or they can be huge, daunting things. But that's what can reverse that. That's what, when they talk about stone, when the Bible talks about stony ground, when Jesus says some fall on stony ground, that's the things on the path that turn us away from God, from God's word. We hear a sermon and yeah, that was good. But what's important is going forward when things pop up to discourage us to recall it and to remember it. Because that gives us encouragement. That brings us along. And so we need to focus on that. We need to, again, focus on God's word and not let that happen. Not the trials. And isn't that the way the devil works? If, you, if the word of God reaches you and it speaks to your heart and you want to go out and you want to share it and you want to live it, What's going to happen? You're going to have opposition. Something's going to pop up. Something's going to pull you away from that. And, and a lot of times, those things in themselves aren't bad, but the result is bad. You know, we can have things that can turn us away from God. Well, if you're being convicted and you're coming to church and hearing the word of God every week, and maybe one week, you know, it's a beautiful day and you want to go out on your boat, or there's a football game on TV, And you say, well, I'll just skip church this week or, you know, whatever. Like, I won't come. And it's okay because I went for the last six weeks and I'll go again next week. But today, I'm going to go out and enjoy my boat. You don't know what God had for you that day, what the preacher was going to preach. God will speak to him and he will say, today, preach this. There's a reason for that because he knows in in the heart of each and every listener what they need to hear, what they need to encourage them, what they need to help them grow. And so 
by you allowing that external force, and again, going out on your boat is not a bad thing. It's not in itself, that's not a sin, that's not something bad. But in this situation, because you're allowing it to pull you away from the word of God, the result is bad. And I think largely that's what they're talking about when they're saying the stony ground. You're, you're receiving the word of God, but you're, you're letting things in life pull the meaning of it away from you or pull your focus off of it, I guess is a better way to say it. And so it's important not to do that. And, and, and again, that's where, you know, being committed comes in, being committed. Come, come to church every time the, the doors are open. Read your Bible every day. Get it and be in prayer to the Holy Spirit of God to, you know, be with you and work inside your heart and to help you receive and help your heart be that fertile ground where the seed can take root and it can grow and it can change your life. And that's ultimately what God wants. And, and you know, like everything in, other, in all areas of our life, that's all man's trouble, right? Because what does that? What pulls us away? Really, it's pride. And if, if we, and if you look back through Bible history, God has a perfect way of doing things. And he tells us in our word, his word, Going forward, do this. In this situation, do this. But when do we get in trouble? When we say, well, yeah, that's good, but I think I'll do this instead. Recipe for disaster every time. Is if we could stay in the word of God and know what he wants for us and do it, we won't have any problems at all. We'll still have the trials but they won't affect us. They won't pull us away. They won't destroy our commitment to God. But when we, when we, man thinks himself smarter than God, man wants to do things in his own power. You know, yeah, like with the boating. Yeah, I should go to church. Well, I won't hurt one week. Well, you know, I know I should be in church, but let's, let me find a way in my mind to reason why it's okay not to do that. Well, let me find a way in my mind to reason why it's okay if I don't read my Bible for a couple days in a row. Because maybe I don't feel good. Maybe I got a cold. Well, I'll just lay back and close my eyes and watch Gilligan's Island. Maybe I don't need to get in the Bible that, this, those three days. Why? Because I'm saying, no, I know God. You're saying be in your word. You're saying I should be you know, committed to study, to show thyself approved, right? But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do things my own way because I believe eh, it doesn't, if I skip three days, that's okay. That's me being in conflict with the Holy Spirit. That's me asserting my will over the will of God. And guess what? Here's the, here's the punchline for man. We have free will. So we talk about this at Men's Fellowship too. Like, um, you know, <laughs> if you want to be a knucklehead and do the wrong things, you're going to be allowed to. You're going to be allowed to, but, but the consequences for those things are going to be real. So God will allow you and give you the leeway to drift and to get away from what you should do. But the, those things are going to cause consequences, and we will not get away from the consequences of those things. And, and, and if we're saved, our salvation is secure. We know that. We're going to heaven. But those 
consequences can cause scars in ourselves that we live with for the rest of our lives. And, and we can repent and we can not have the guilt of those things, but we still have the scar. We still have the, you know, the outcome of it. I, I, you know, there's millions of examples, but like for me, I had pretty bad back trauma years ago. And, and largely, if I'm honest, because of the way I was living, I did things I shouldn't have did. And so I got saved later. I don't have the guilt from those things. The, the blood of Christ washed away that guilt. I'm free from it. I'm free from the bondage of the sin. I'm free from bondage, period. But guess what? Every day when I wake up, I got that scar on my back. Every day when it's cold or when I sit for more than 10 minutes in one position, I feel the pain. So I'm not guilty. I don't have the guilt. And I'm not bound by those things that I did that caused it because I got gloriously saved and those sins were washed away. But every day till the day I die, I'm going to feel that in my back. I'm going to feel that. That's a consequence. That's a consequence for doing things I shouldn't have did. And so, yeah, praise God, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I, you know, my salvation is secure. But until then, every day, I'm going to feel it in my back. And, every, and, and we all have our own version of that story. Maybe not all of us, but a lot of us have our own version of that, that situation. So that's, that's, you know, superficial heart. That's, um, don't, when we allow that stony, stony ground, we allow those trials to turn us away from God. The same thing, I can go back to the back analogy, right? Any day, any Sunday, I can use that to stay out of church. And people probably would understand, pastor would understand. You know, I had a hard time getting up this morning. I can't straighten up. I can't sit. I have to lay on the floor for three hours. That happens. So is that my out? Hey, hey, pastor, I'm sorry, I can't come this morning because my back's really killing me. Well, he'd be sympathetic and he'd feel bad for me. And I would get a pass, right? I, I, nobody would say, oh, that Tim, he's no good. He stayed out of church. So I have a legitimate reason. But really, that pain's going to be there, whether I'm laying on the floor at home or sitting in the pew here. So if I allow that to happen, then that's what I'm doing. I'm allowing the trials. I'm allowing that, that word is falling on stony ground because in my mind, I received it and I knew that I needed to be here. But that's just one example. But I chose to find an external or to allow, allow an external force to give me an excuse not to do it or to pull me away from it, a trial. And that's, that's how that's how it works. That's what we do. That's what we do to ourselves. That's what we allow to happen. The third kind is a, a crowded heart. So this kind of heart some says, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. What effect do the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches have on this person? So 1322. Apologize, I'm starting here. I should be more organized. But that's never been one of my strong suits. But there, you know, 
those, when they set up that, that vigor of the soul, which should be spent on divine things, they take our energy, right? They consume, they consume our thoughts, consumes our actions. The thorns, it's just like a garden. When the, the weeds and the thorns grow up, what happens to the plant? It saps the energy. And, 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 you know, it blocks out the sun. And the nutrients in the soil go to feed the weeds. The sun hits the weeds, and the weeds get taller than the plants, right? And that, and that the, it chokes it, chokes it out. And that can happen to us as well. So Matthew 13, 22. He also that received seed among the thorns and he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and become unfruitful. Right? Every one of us at some point, maybe even today, maybe at some point there's going to be something that's going to be more important. There's going to be something that we're going to value more than reading our Bible or being in church. And maybe only for a moment. But if it's enough to derail us for one moment, that can have a lasting effect. That can impact. Again, it's the same thing with the scarring, right? Those things which we allow, we allow those weeds to come up. We allow them to take the energy, the things of this world. You know, you know what's been a tough one for me when I was working? Money. It was making money. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with making money. How do the missionary lights stay lit on the board? From the money we make, from the money we give. There's nothing wrong with that in itself. But if it's a thorn that comes up in our garden, right? And here, I'm gonna tell you my own personal take on that, my own personal experience with that. I worked for the school system for 25 years. We have a church group that used our auditorium, a very small church. They used it every Sunday for three hours, nine to noon. And there were four of us that worked that shift, the night shift during the week we all shared that overtime, which meant, and we had one guy who never took it. He didn't take it because just for whatever personal reason, he didn't want it. So there was three of us. Every third week, my name was on the board. Now, overtime is not mandatory. It's voluntary. But I was guaranteed every third week. So for me, I chose many times to go and work and make that double time. Because Sundays are double time. That's good money. And you know what? Three hours, babysit in the church. You turn the lights on, you sit and read a book in one of the rooms, and you wait for them to leave. If they have a problem, they come get you. It's the easiest money. You know, Somebody like me with only a high school diploma, it was the easiest money I was ever going to make. And so if I woke up that day and I made the choice earlier in the week to accept that overtime, 
I woke up on Sunday and I went there instead of coming here. That was a choice I made. Why did I make that choice? Because I wanted the money, right? Because that money was more important to me than the word of God. It's terrible to say it, but at that point in my life, that's where I was at. And if I'm honest, I'm just trying to be honest, what other reason is there? I can try to, to sugarcoat it and say, oh no, I have some noble reason for wanting to be there. Okay, come up with what it is. That's entertainment. Let me try to explain to you how I was being noble by going to church and working, or going to school and working the church rather than coming here. And then one day, I listened to the messages online, and one day it wasn't up for some reason. I don't know, technical, whatever. And somebody was saying at night, oh, wasn't that a great message this morning? And I heard two people talking. I said, well, oh, I don't, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, I haven't heard it yet. I'll listen to it. And then it never came online. And that stuck with me like, you know what? I missed it. Well, add it up, right? $25 an hour, double time is $50, times three is $150. I just exchanged a blessing from God for $150. That's when it kind of like hits me like, well, what am I doing? And you know what? I'm not, I, I'm not destitute. Like, who's going to say we don't need the money? We all, we all need money, right? But I wasn't living under a bridge. I, I, I could have survived. If I didn't work that overtime, I still had groceries. My power bill was, my power was still turned on. So at some point, those thorns are growing up in my garden, and they're eclipsing the sun, and they're pulling the nutrients out of the soil. And, and when you do things like, when I do things, I'll speak only for myself, when I do things like that, I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm allowing those thorns, I'm allowing those weeds to destroy me, little by little, little by little. And then it becomes easier and easier, because it's like, okay, I missed a Sunday because I wanted to make money. Well, well, I know you can't tell by looking at me, but I like to eat. So then maybe my mom says, hey, we're having dinner, but, you know, so-and-so has to go somewhere at 3, so we're eating early. We're going to eat at noon, straight at noon instead of 2.30. Okay, well, maybe I'll sneak out a little early. Well, why? Because something in my life at that moment is more important to me than hearing the word of God. And when we do that, we miss blessings. We, we sacrifice a possible blessing from God. And, and, and then, not only that, we sacrifice the opportunity to be a blessing. And it affects our testimony because people see that. And people see, well, gee, why isn't, how come every third Sunday Tim isn't here? Oh, he's working. He's working. Well, he's not. You know, he's not an EMT, he's not a doctor, he's not a police officer. What's he working for? Well, he chose to work. Oh, okay. Well, that tells, that says something about me. So that affects my testimony. But what if I'm here and somebody, there's an encouragement I could give somebody. Or there's something I could share with somebody that would help them during that time. But now I'm not here. So, yeah, it's terrible to think we miss blessings, but... 
in a lot of respects, it's even more terrible to realize that we missed being a blessing. And, and, and I think that's, in a lot of times, that for me, it early on went right over my head. And so it's important to know that. And so, so that's, that's a crowded heart. You know, the Bible says, right, is Mark 8, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? Yes, sir. I appreciate you saying that. That's, and you know, they've said that too. But, but the reality is, there's people lined up. If I said during the week, no, I'm not available this week, they were like sharks in the water. You know, so that, they were always going to have somebody open for them. But you know what? I actually use that to justify it. Is it because I had a good rapport with the preacher? And for a while I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm helping these people. And I'm, you know, and, and it, there's a truth to that. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. <laughs> it, it somewhat validates my bad decisions, <laughs> which we all, we all enjoy having, you know. We all enjoy that. I think it's from time to time. But um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> and then the fourth is a cultivated heart. So Jesus describes the fourth kind of soil. Other fell onto ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold and some sixtyfold and thirtyfold. He explains the good ground represents he that heareth the word and understandeth. If this represents your heart, what does Jesus say you will do? Right? You're going to bear fruit. You're going to, you're going to, it's going to bear fruit. It's going to take root. It's going to grow. And it's going to be cultivated. You're going to have the cultivated heart. And ultimately, that's, that's kind of where we want to be. That's where God wants us to be. He, he wants us. Now, going back to the, being out of church, how does that word take root in my heart if I'm not here to hear it? Right? When messages can be delivered by different preachers differently and they speak to you differently. So we, if we want to get the full benefit of that, we need to be here. We need to be in the word. We, and, and, you know, I struggled with that too because another justification in my mind, I would go online and listen to the messages after. So I said, well, I'm still hearing the word of God. And largely that's true until one day it's not there because the technology failed or whatever. And not only that, but I come to learn also that you, it's not the same experience. When you're listening online, it's not the same experience as when you're here in the room and you feel the emotion and you feel that. And I know it's not about emotion, but emotion speaks to us and it, it shapes our perception. And, and, and if we are more connected to the preacher and so it's an important aspect of it. And many times we can get the full benefit by maybe by listening on a line. But there's times when it's not the same experience. You're going to miss something from being in person. And sometimes it's not from what the preacher said. Sometimes it's from what other people say. And other, I, I look at Mark because Mark is a deep thinker. And I enjoy conversations with Mark. He comes as pretty faithful Saturday morning men's fellowship. He's, if he's not in New Jersey, he's almost always here. And I, I always enjoy his perspectives because he's deep. And so if, here's a perfect example, we could have a conversation after 1030 service this morning 
And I'll bet you there's something that he got out of the message or he's going to get out of the message that maybe I didn't get. And so by me coming and listening to that message online, I get what I get. By me being here, I get what I get. I get a little bit of what Mark gets. I get a little bit of what Tim gets. And so it deepens that blessing and it changes, it changes the effect of it. And so it's important. So being here and being in the word of God, and it doesn't have to be here. Being in the word of God, being in church is important. It's very important. And, and we don't want to miss that blessing. So we want to bear fruit, right? We want to be that cultivated heart, that good soil where the seed's going to take root and it's going to grow. And we're going to share it. We're going to share it with others. We're going to, and, and like the example with Mark, right? We share it by discussing it. And, and, and a lot of times we say we want to share the word of God. It's like we're going to share, share it with the lost to bring them to salvation, and that's hugely important. It's hugely prudent to do that. But there's also an important with sharing with other believers to get that deepening of a perspective. Yes, Tim. It is. And I enjoy it and to that point. I mean, thank you for saying that. You're absolutely right. I enjoy it too because it's edifying and it's encouraging. And, you know, no matter what happens during the week, I'm certain that when I show up on Saturday morning and meet with you guys, when we all meet together, that no one's going to beat me up. No one's going to tell me how terrible I am or how wretched I am or what I did wrong because we're here to help each other and we're here to edify each other. And so I, I you know, and, and speaking of that, because I know it wasn't mentioned in the, in, the, um, in the announcements, but that men's fellowship, the 16th, which is next week, is gonna be a breakfast downstairs. And there's a sign-up sheet for anybody who's interested in coming can sign up for that. And we encourage, we encourage everybody, visitors as well, um, every, all men are welcome for that. So no girls allowed. Men's fellowship. My wife said, I want to go. I said, well, you could swing by about a half an hour after we're finished. There'd be a big pile of dishes there for you to do. <laughs> she never came. I don't know what happened. She must have changed her mind. But yeah, so a cultivated heart lets God's word grow through, lets God's word grow deep roots. It's cultivated by removing the weeds of worry. If you have this kind of heart, the word bears fruit. It'll bear spiritual fruit in your life. This fruit is called the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 20, 22 and 23 lists nine components of the fruit of the spirit. And now we're running out of time. I'm gonna kind of just move through them quick. The nine, this is what is what's referred to as the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, mercy, uh, meekness, and temperance. Right? Love comes first because it's the most important. So I read them down. They go across. So I read them out of order. But I, love is number one. Love comes first because it's the most important. It's the fertilizer that causes all the other components to grow. The fruit of the Spirit is just a word picture of Jesus Christ. 
These nine quantities, as they grow in our lives, we become more like Jesus. Fruitfulness is the test of true discipleship. So you've heard the word of God. How will you respond? How you respond will be determined by what kind of heart you have. Do you have a hard heart, a spiritual heart, a cultivated heart? Because again, largely, it's up to us to decide, and that will shape how we how we receive it. Thank you again. Thank you all for coming. Let's close. I'm going to close in prayer, and then we'll be dismissed for. 10 minutes of fellowship before the morning service, which Brother Susan is going to preach again this morning. And that's a blessing, and I'm glad I'm here for it. <laughs> Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for, Lord, the people that made it important to carve the time out of their busy schedules to be here this morning and to look with me at your word, Lord, and to under, try to understand these principles, Lord, these, that you speak through these parables, Lord, of how we can grow how we can allow our hearts to be opened by the Holy Spirit and we can allow your word to come in, Lord, and we can, we can cherish it and we can grow it within our hearts. Lord, our hearts, the center of our being. We thank you so much for that, Lord. We thank you for all you do in our lives. We thank you for the blessings that you give today and every day, the blessing of life, Lord, the blessing of salvation, for sending your son to die on the cross that we can be free from the bondage of sin. And Lord, that we can just continue to grow in you and to become the men and the women that you want us to be. And that in that, we can honor you and glorify you and praise you. And thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you all for coming.